Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, writer of Skewed and Reviewed, and you can catch us online at sknr.net as we cover all things film, game, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, and more. We also have uh, recently done a lot of uh, theme park coverage for the Halloween events at the various parks in California, so you can definitely check our coverage on that. We have our magazine, latest issue just went out today, skewed and reviewed the magazine. And of course, you can catch us at Pinal, P-I-N-A-L, central.com, and keyword skewed, and that is a network of newspapers. Uh, is it, what is it, 12 papers in 21 markets where we do game reviews for. You can catch us on Sci-Fi Radio, Syndicated, N4G.com. And of course, I have my segments on KSWFM Radio on BJ Shea's Geek Nation. So I'm joined, as always, with Justin and Michael. And it's nice that we finally have our schedules lining up for a bit after a busy few weeks where we can all be on at the same time. But wouldn't you know it, once we go and do all that, it was kind of a slow news week. Uh, so we'll do our best to keep you guys up to date. Currently, as we're recording this, New York Comic Con is going on. And we have a couple uh, staff members out there covering it. And... Um, the news of the day. Now, traditionally, New York Comic Con has a lot of events, a lot of things going on, but it doesn't have the volume of major news events that San Diego Comic Con does, even though it is quite a large uh, convention event. And uh, what we had today is the uh, guys from Super Mario Brothers, the movie, had a bit of a debut and dropped the trailer. Now, of course, people have been... A uh, little mixed on Chris Pratt doing Mario. People have said, I, I had someone say to me today, I like Jack Black in the film, but I don't think he should have voiced Bowser. I think he should have voiced this other character, so on and so forth. I'm kind of like, look, it's an all-star cast. It's the movie. Let's just enjoy it for what it is. But we'll start with you, Justin. What do you think about all this? Yeah, so um, I th there is a lot of anticipation behind this, obviously. Um I think if you, I think it's still true that Mario is the most recognized character across the planet. I think that's, I think that's still true. At least it was, that was a factoid that was true for for a long time. Um, so, and they had the the uh, the, the abysmal live action movie from um, you know the '90s, uh, but they hadn't tried anything since. Uh, for being a, a character, terrible. it was well, you know it. You know when you're when I when when you watch it when I was, uh, you know the age I watched it initially. You know for, for a kid like I, 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 I found a little bit of enjoyment with it. That that'll be my uh, my one my one uh, kind of embarrassing admission when I was like you know four or five or whenever I watched it I did enjoy it. But yeah, uh, on you know a subsequent watchings of it uh later yeah it's it's not good it wasn't great uh it was honestly really bad so it, it makes sense that they hadn't really uh tried anything since um because of that bad experience i i totally get it um but it sounds like you know i mean that sounds like it's obvious that uh, they're ready to try again um and they're kind of doing it uh in a very smart way you know doing an animated movie um you know animated cg movies are uh, hugely popular, um, can be extremely successful, and when you couple that with you know the most recognized character on the planet, um, 
you know, I, I, I think this is definitely a no-brainer. Uh, as far as, like, the voice casting and everything, you know, honestly, I, I, I thought the voices were pretty good. Like, I know that some people probably were more expecting, like, him to sound like he does in the games, but I don't really think that's doable. Um, you know, the, um, the gentleman who, who voices him in the games, you know, he does very limited actual lines. He does mostly, like, uh, you know, the grunts and the, uh, the woohoos and things like that. Uh, that work for, you know, minute by minute gameplay, but reading uh, like actual lines and dialogue out, um, they obviously needed to go in a different direction. And um, I also, you know, I, I've, I've seen, you know, some complaints that it doesn't sound Italian or, or whatnot, but, uh, you know, honestly, I thought it sounded fine. Um, Chris Pratt's a great actor. So um, I, I was actually, uh, honestly, I, I thought it was a little bit better than I was even expecting because, uh, you know, my expectation um, was mostly like, you know, these actors, a lot of times they just sound like themselves um, and not really putting a lot of effort into actually sound like a character. But uh, I, I, I sort of get the sense like there's actually quite a bit of effort going on here. Uh, it's not it's not a uh, an afterthought. It's not just a, you know, get in, just read some lines and leave. Um, you know, same thing with Jack Black as Bowser. I thought he sounded fine. Um, you know, and the visuals look great. So I think it's going to be a hugely successful movie. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm actually like kind of looking forward to it. Uh, I think, I think it will be, uh, I think it'll be pretty fun. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because as you said, I look at it and go, Nintendo characters are notorious for not really having voices. You get a little bit of a squeak here and there, a little pop here and there, a whistle here and there, but it's not like they have full-on dialogue. So, you know, outside of It's Me, Mario, and maybe Let's Go, is there anything more than that in a lot of the games, like you said? So, uh, Michael, your take, please. Yeah, I mean, the Nintendo systems traditionally have been kind of hamstringed by their um, the amount of data they could put on um, you know, games, especially going back to things like the Nintendo 64 versus something like Sony PlayStation, right? So the, the cartridges were limited in size. However, you did get speed for that, for that um, format. So again, there was always a tradition for things not to be spoken, I think, from a Nintendo perspective. Um, so that's why you'd get a couple of, you know, key phrases, but realistically it was a lot of reading dialogue and pressing buttons and that sort of stuff to get through the dialogue. But I thought the preview looked actually really good. I was actually impressed. I thought the voice acting, I wasn't sure how Chris Pratt would do, um, again, from an Italian uh, plumber perspective. But I thought, at least from the preview from what we saw, I thought the voice acting sounded really good. Bowser sounded really good. I thought Mario sounded really good. Um, obviously, it's done by the folks at Illumination Entertainment who are well-known for their Minion series movies. Um, so obviously they have quite a bit of uh, experience from a um, not only movie making perspective, but also I think finding the right voices and the right cast to kind of pull these things off. So ultimately, uh, I was impressed. I think, um, you, you know, I, I think it's I like that it's a more traditional take on Mario. That was one of the complaints I think about the live action movie was it was not it was it had some of the main characters, but it didn't really go anywhere in line at all with the movie i mean with the games whereas this is a lot more uh you know a lot more of the uh mario that you would recognize 
um, the Mushroom Kingdom and all that sort of thing. And I really, uh, I think it's, again, I think it's going to be something that's going to do well. Um, obviously, I, it's got an all-star cast. Uh, they wouldn't have just, uh, you know, sometimes we've talked about movies where they will kind of pick an actor uh, because they're popular, not necessarily because they're a, big, a good fit. So there was some concern there. But again, from the preview alone, it sounded like they were doing a fantastic job. So I really don't have any concerns about it. And I'm, I'm actually more excited about it than I was when I first heard it was coming out. You know, so I'm, I'm at a point where I think uh, it looks good. Um, the, it's going to be a lot more familiar to folks, familiar with the characters, familiar with the content, familiar with the games. Uh, it's not going to take, it doesn't look like it's going to take a, a too uh, a broad approach to uh, the story overall from all the other Mario games that we're familiar with. There'll be lots of Easter eggs, I'm sure, from the numerous games. So all in all, I thought uh, Illumination has a, a, had a really good um, showing for this, and I'm really thinking they're going to do well with this movie. Absolutely, and I think that's the key, is that they're... I, I was telling my son, he was uh, voicing concern that I like this cast member, this cast member, but I think they should have voiced this character and this one, that. And I said, I think you also have to look at the fact there was probably a big chunk of between getting the large cast in place, there probably was a lot of, I'm going to voice this character. And I, you know, I wonder how it'd be, it'd be interesting down the line to see how the negotiations came out. If they went to them and basically said, we want you to voice this person. Or they simply said, we'd like you in the movie, who do you want to voice? And I think that's probably how some of the earlier stages, and of course, I'm sure there was a case that they probably had them to go through different things and said, we think you're better for this one, we think you're better for that. And that's always tricky because with these games, everybody kind of has an idea how these characters should sound, but the bottom line is, we don't really have, as we've discussed, a large sampling of this is their voice, this is what they sound like, and let's be honest movies based on video games don't often look or sound anything like their source material because they try very hard to try to keep those two separate so we'll see i think in the end it's going to be uh, uh, a film that a lot of people are curious about i uh, sure the younger viewers will go for it and i just wonder if we're going to get a situation where the trolls are going to come out and say i don't like this person's voice so therefore i'm going to go out and review vomit or whatever, but I, I think the trailer was definitely a good step forward that will quiet a lot of the criticism to begin with, so hopefully. As I said, New York Comic Con's going on right now. We've got uh, teams in place. We've got coverage coming all weekend, and uh, we just had an Aqua Teen uh, Hunger Force um, interview this afternoon for their new film. We're also getting one for the new Mortal Kombat animated film, so we'll have information on that. I'm going to be watching that very soon and uh wanted to discuss some news that dropped quietly but i thought it was pretty impressive was that the xbox series s with a controller coming with a free controller so uh michael you you want to clarify this for us if you would 250 dollars. now i mine came with a controller are they saying two controllers now and the unit for 250 bucks no, I think they're saying that the price is just dropping, but it includes the controller. That's okay. my understanding of it. Um, but two hundred fifty dollars for a Series X is a it's a fantastic bargain for what you're getting. Um, yes, it's not as capable as the Xbox Series X is um, from a power perspective, but I mean you can't even go and throw together a cheap um, gaming PC for that price. Um, so I think that's a that's that's a huge 
opportunity for folks to be able to play a lot of these games with relatively good settings. Um, and, and, and there's a reason why the Xbox Series S has been popular. I mean, you're getting a fairly capable um, console that's able to play the latest games and you're not paying a fortune for it. Um, and it's something that a lot more folks, it's a lot more affordable for folks to do. You throw in Xbox um, Game Pass where you're talking, you're getting uh, Xbox uh, releases day one, and that pretty much eliminates the need to buy a lot of games um, from that, from the, you know, from the library it already has and the exclusives that they're coming out. Um, so really the $250 bargain is, is a bargain. I mean, again, if you're, if you're not a, uh, if you don't have an opportunity to, you know, you don't have the money to throw together a gaming PC or you can't really afford a PlayStation 5 or a Xbox Series S, the Xbox Series S is a great way to get um, some great gaming in at a really reasonable price. Absolutely. And Justin, your take on this, please. Yeah, this is actually really interesting, especially because, you know, not to go into, you know, non um, gaming or pop culture uh, topics, but, you know, prices for just about everything seem to be going up, not down. And uh, it, it's just, it's a very interesting move um, and a, a definitely a welcome one. I mean, I, I was even remarking uh, the other day, I mean, I've seen more and more games um, that are hitting that $70 price point. Um, and I, I do think that that's probably uh, going to become the new normal in in the in sometime soon, if not um, very quickly. Uh, once you know more successful games like hit that, um, you know, or launch at that seventy dollar price point, I, I think that's probably going to be become more normal. Um, so th this is definitely a welcome welcome move, especially in these kind of times. Um, it definitely makes it a more um, uh, attractive console to, for sure um you know that because that that is definitely a really good deal and it's interesting because um there's a good versatility to it in that um i mean i'll, I'll say it right now we don't play a ton of games on ours i got it just so uh i got one for my son and i got it so a if there was an exclusive or something uh through game pass that we could play together that wasn't available, say, on the PlayStation or didn't have cross-play like PC and Xbox. I played a few things on it. There's some that, you know, occasionally we'll get the, hey, we're low on the PS5 version or whatever. Do you want an Xbox code in the meantime to do your review? But it also... So, Gareth, I was looking at... I just I just pulled up the, the announcement, and the, where I'm, I'm looking at one um, site... And it says you're getting a free additional controller, which again is a fifty dollar value in its own. Um, so that makes it a, a fantastic deal. Yeah. It's truly uh, what's being reported with the Xbox Series X that comes with a controller and an additional controller uh, for two hundred fifty dollars. Um, to put that in context, the normal price for just this system with a controller um, is two ninety nine. If you go to some place like I think Game GameStop has a used one, I think you can get for two. 49 um but again that doesn't that's used and doesn't come with an additional controller um so i, I mean that that means you're not only about are you 340 dollars with two yeah so you're not only getting the get at the system with the controller you're getting the second controller which means for like a family if you're looking for something where there's um you know you have two kids that want to play or or whatever you want to play with your kid um again now you're getting that that extra controller on top of that 
Uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, PlayStation is talking about raising the, the price of the PlayStation 5. Um, so I think, um, yeah, I think this, again, if you're not a, if you don't already have one and you're interested in um, just having an Xbox for console exclusives, um, that price is really hard to beat. Um, or if you're looking for, you know, a system, maybe you have one in the living room, but you're looking for a system in your bedroom. I, at that price, it's it's really a no-brainer um, to pick one up at that price, particularly when you're getting two controllers out of it. So. Yeah, and what I was going to say, one of the things that we do with ours is we use it for streaming. We put a lot of apps on it uh, just because every now and then you'll run into something. And we have not run into it yet with our TVs, but some of our older ones, you run into the okay, this won't work on this TV because you need to have this newer firmware and they stop making the firmware that supports it until the, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it, it, we ran into that with one, like I said, one of the 4K TVs where you could get like, um, you know, we could do Disney and Netflix and Amazon and, and Hulu, but some of the other ones. And we're like, well, we'd like to have these upstairs. It was very convenient to just put them on the Xbox and just the doom, boom, boom, stream like crazy. And, uh, you know, the only downside I've seen to it is what my son runs into all the time is hard drive space. And he's constantly like, I want to play Call of Duty with you like we used to, but I've got it all filled up in my sports games. And he's tried to back them up on external drives. And, you know, we keep coming down to that. You're going to have to just pony up and buy that tab and get yeah, it. Yeah, it looks like they're actually 9% off right now, too. Um, exactly. So they're selling for about uh, 199 for the one terabyte cards uh, that are normally 219 again, not trying to sell this on people, but I'm just, <laughs> just having to see the deals. Um, so again, that's, that's something that's not a huge savings, but it is something else uh, to go along with that money. Well, you know, it's funny. I, we've talking off air about how modern warfare two beta was the greatest in call of duty history in terms of the beta. And I've been telling him, I said, you know, we've already discussed, there is no new game in 2023. It's going to be uh, Warzone two. So we've got two years of content that we've got to have time to play. You've got to free up some space to do this here. So go figure. And uh, Justin, quick check. You're, you're dead on. I heard a lot of stories about this. Uh, the remake of Dead Space as well as Callista Protocol are listed at $69.99 for both Xbox and PS5 uh, when they're releasing. So, yeah, like you said, there is... Um, there is a very clear uh, bump that they're going uh, toward this price point. Uh, same with Modern Warfare 2. So, you know, it seems to be the uh, genie's out of the bottle now, and it's we're raising the price to $69.99. There you go. And I, I'm really curious about how many people are going to jump to that and say, it's only 10 bucks, I can deal with it. And how many are going to say, I'm going to wait a couple months for the price to come down, then I'm going to jump in. Well, one, one quick point about that, because um, I remember, and you, you guys probably remember this too, but back when um, games used to be forty nine ninety nine, so fifty dollars was was the normal, and then um, I, it was sometime in the two thousands that sixty sixty dollars uh, became became the normal, and I just I do remember <laughs> there was a lot of there was a lot of um, of pushback against that at the time there were a lot of uh not happy people totally totally understandable i mean you know it's an extra 10 bucks it's uh but you know the thing is, is it's been close to 20 years since the last time there's been a uh like a price increase for 
for new games so i i just i'm not saying it's a i'm i'm not saying you know i'm in love with it but it's just it's something that is going to happen over time and what's and, and honestly just to that point too is if you look back traditionally over the past 30 so some odd years i think that the 50 dollar price point has been kind of standard for a long time and again i'm not saying that the extra ten dollars is is right or wrong but we haven't the one thing we haven't seen is a huge increase um in difference in cost um over this i mean considering when you look at all the other things and what where we, we've come we're not seeing a huge increase you know that being said i think the playstation 5 games have been retailing for that um, along with the, I think the Xbox Series X, Xbox Series games have been retailing at that um, extra $10 price point now for a while. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I mainly game on PC and I rarely buy on release day and they go on sale quickly there. Um, so I'm a bit spoiled when it comes to uh, prices in general. But, but to your point, I agree. I mean, again, I'm not saying prices should be worth, you know, an extra $10, but I will say with what they have to pay developers now, what they're paying salary-wise. I mean, when you consider all the things, how much things have gone up over the course of the past 20 to 30 years, an increase in $10 while not something we enjoy, um, it's still a fairly reasonable get considering the budget of these games has pretty much skyrocketed over the years. And that's going to be the big argument because people will say, hey, you used to work in gaming. This is a huge difference. We don't have the boxes we don't have the mass replication like we do because yes consoles still have their physical copy and disc but the you know the argument is we don't have to manufacture as many so many of them are digital therefore we don't have to do this we don't have to fight with the doors for shelf space and pay that and la 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 and store displays and all of that and it's like as you said right but games also cost a lot more to make now it also costs a lot more to market them you also have a lot more competition than you had back in the day, which does mean more marketing. So, you know, it, it, it it's like this. If you put out a quality product, but if you if you start seeing games that are completed in six hours that have no multiplayer that are buggy beyond belief at $70, you can bet people are going to outrage. And if we start getting the thing that we all know that is coming, where we see six-hour games at $70, that are essentially all pay-to-play, locked behind loot boxes, paywalls, and uh, you know cosmetics. Then you're really going to see an outrage. But you know, again, that's the free market. You you know you do have the option to just say no. And as you said, Michael, that's exactly where something like uh, Xbox Game Pass comes in, where you can say, okay, let's see what's out there, and let me you know play it this way because uh, you know. Look at the game score and it's coming out. We don't know anything about it early. Well, we know some about it. We know some good reviews. I could see people saying, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to pay $70. Not that it's at the $70 price point, but let's say it was. I could see people saying, yeah, I'm not going to do $70, but I'll, uh, I'll check it out on Game Pass. And then, you know, you look at what PlayStation has done. They've rolled out the Stars program uh, to go along with their multiple levels of membership where they now reward you for... Um, you know, playing games and stuff like that. So you can see it. it's interesting. You will probably see a lot of people being very creative with uh, taking advantage to um, 
some of these reward programs to offset price dumps. So, can I make one more point about that too? Sure. So, um, the thing too to keep in mind is that they they already pretty much have increased the cost of uh, of games already just through alternative ways of monetization. So, to kind of piggyback off what you were just saying, Gareth. Um, it's just it's less it's less obvious so it's it's less you know it's not as easy to pick up but i mean with the increased cost of making games um it's just it's just one of those things where the input of money obviously has to be much higher so um that's where you get you know the sort of creative ways of monetization through dlcs or uh like you said loot loot boxes uh cosmetics and oftentimes you know a lot of people are paying way, way more in excess of $70, but they just haven't really realized it yet. I think, you know, when the backlash comes for the $70 thing um, being the baseline for a lot of these games, um, it's probably mostly going to be, you know, like what happened with the the jump from 50 to 60, where because it's, it's so visible, um, people are going to be like, oh, well, shoot, they're, they're raising the price on me, but they haven't, you know, a lot, I just don't think a lot of people have really realized that uh, for a lot of these games, the price has already gone up. They just probably haven't really realized like how much money they've actually uh, spent on some of the game. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. There's certain games that uh, I've spent way too much money on cosmetics that I probably shouldn't have or, or other things that were, you know, oh, it's uh, that's only like twelve bucks. So sure, I'll do that. And you know, that adds up. So um. absolutely, and you know, and I'm curious if someone down the line is going to say, "Do you have to disclose how long the average playtime for these games are on the box at that? You know, at the pricing? I don't know if we'll get that way because the argument could be made. Well, that's what the internet's for, just Google it. But you know, movie theaters. How do we put it? They don't always list it, but if you, they have it there. If you go up to them and say, how long is this movie? When does it let out? They'll tell you. But then it's it's such a awkward moment because I've had games where they gave you 30 minutes worth of credits. And then all of a sudden at the end of the credits, they give you a bonus scene. So how do you figure that in? It's kind of like, you know, with the movies, officially all the credits count as runtime. And now that they're putting bonus scenes in, Oh, it makes things crazy, and that's why we get to do what we get to do. And uh, basically, we have to sit there and uh, do our reviews. And then at the same time, this uh, leads to what we're seeing now, where a lot of companies are coming at us with some of these smaller, more independent games that are more competitively priced, uh, saying, you know, if you don't want to spend $70 for the game, we're only $5 and $10, but, you know, you get what you pay for. There's going to be a huge difference in gameplay and duration and everything like that but boy it it is a interesting subject and you know it will be very very interesting to see as we get closer to the holidays um you know how how consumers are going to handle this and uh you know what if the hardware supplies are going to be uh you know able to be met so just so many crazy crazy things the final thing I wanted to mention tonight, folks, uh, is that we've heard a lot of good things about Glass Onion, which is the first of two uh, sequels to Knives Out that are in the works. They will be coming to Netflix on an exclusive deal. As I said, the early word on a couple of uh, early showings of them is that it is absolutely fantastic, fantastic cast, 
Uh, but now we're hearing that it's going to get a 600 theater debut for one week at the AMC Regal and Cinemark theaters uh, Thanksgiving week. And this will be the first time that all three chains have carried a Netflix title. Now, it's not unusual for certain Netflix films. I mean, they've been very adamant uh, with the press and that I have often asked to uh, for like The Gray Man and for some of the other exclusive films that they've come. They'll say, hey, we're going to do a screening in the theater because we want you to see it all on the big screen versus stream it on your computer. Uh, what do you guys think about this, Michael? And do you, uh, Justin, do you think this is something that uh, is going to be continuing? So I, I mean, I, I prefer the um, theater experience when I can get it anyways. Um, the, the first Knives Out was a fantastic movie for those who haven't had an opportunity to see it. I'd highly recommend checking it out uh, prior to the sequel coming out. But I could th I could see the that that being a, a fun way to um, get some you know get some buzz around the movie. Get you know folks are out there getting to see it on this big screen, and and maybe this will become more of a trend where we start seeing um, movies that are going to be straight to to streaming releases getting a, a weekend or two weekends. Uh, to, to show in theaters because again some people might want to see it in theaters um, just because they like that experience maybe they're not a Netflix subscriber and that would be a good way for them to, to get an opportunity to enjoy it without having to sign up for a, a free week membership or whatever uh, you know to get around it that way um, and, and again I, I always like kind of the um, as opposed to streaming and uh, cinema you know theater releases being at odds with one another maybe seeing a more uh, cooperative way of um, get, allowing people to experience some of these things the way they want to experience them. Um, and if the sequel is as good as the original Lives Out, then again, I think it's one that'll be worth uh, paying money to see on the big screen. And then, you know, if you want to rewatch it, watch it again streaming. Absolutely. And Justin, final word on the topic, please. Yeah, actually, I think this is a good model. Um, we've talked many, many times in the past about the this conflict between or really the challenge that uh theaters are facing these days um with more and more movies being released on streaming services and i really think that uh this could be the model for a good middle ground for everybody so um obviously i think theaters are going to need to thrive on their traditional model of re releasing a move movie that's exclusive to theaters for uh, a good amount of time and then it goes out on you know whatever else so, so a streaming service or um or you can buy it on dvd or blu-ray or whatever but um you know i think this could be a good middle ground where some movies you know release in theaters and stay in theaters for 30 days or something like that and then release on other platforms and you know then the vice versa would be you know some kind of arrangement where uh, maybe a movie uh, comes out on streaming, but uh, they get a weekend or two, like like Michael said, where you get you know the opportunity to go watch it in theaters, and then you know once uh, once uh, you've seen it, you know now you have uh, the opportunity to watch it, you know again if you liked it so much, you can watch it again right at home. Um, I think this could be a good model um, that you know is a little bit uh, good for everybody. Uh, so yeah. hopefully we we see a little bit more of this. Absolutely, and you know, you kind of point to uh, Marvel with this, cause, and Disney, because if I'm not mistaken, didn't they have a couple of theaters show Obi-Wan Kenobi as a uh, marathon? They showed all six of the episodes, and you know, 
I, I think they would probably have to do something like we're going to show it to you after the episodes have run because obviously you know like you look at something like Andor now you're looking at 12 episodes you're not going to have someone sit in a theater for six and a half hours but uh, you know you could do it after the fact or uh, something like Werewolf by Night which is opening tomorrow it's 50 about 54 minutes long I could see them saying hey you know what why don't we do a maybe a one night only or a one weekend only throw it up on the big screen and package it with something else so who knows this could be it could be a wave of the future like they could say I don't know Hocus Pocus 2 and Werewolf by Night there you go that is going to do it for us tonight folks I hope everybody has a very safe week we will be back again next week until then take care and we'll talk to you soon